Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. It is many days into the quarantine. (laughs) How are everyone out there feeling? Do I sound like Barry White? That's the kind of the vibe I was going for, where if you're feeling a little bit anxious and Barry comes on your radio, there's just something about it that settles deep in your heart. And you think, oh, Barry's on and he's going to play me a great song and the world is going to be fine, even though it's falling apart. And so that's where I'm at right now, you guys. The world is not falling apart, though. We're okay. We're going to make it. This is really hard. This quarantine is no freaking joke. But guys, we're here. So okay, did you like same my initials. White impersonation? I loved it. I loved it so much. Same initials, different artist. Bill Withers is also a voice oh, that Bill. can calm you amidst the storm. I Truly. Know, we lost him in best. 2020. Like, what we kind did. of year is this? No, I didn't sign up this? for this. I didn't sign I up for this. Abercrombie. I'm with you. I'm so with Shoot. you. Yes, Ain't No Sunshine When He's Gone is like no. one of my favorite songs ever. I mean, it's just. so good. It's such a good it's so tune. Good. What music are you listening to these days, Tiffany? <gasps> Speaking of Bill Withers, is there anything okay. that's just lo- you're what loving and mushier? <laughs> okay, so you guys, this is maybe you all are finding out my real wife. Okay, because when you <laughs> when you ask people what they're watching, you you know their values, right? It's true. But when you good ask point. people what they're listening to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you maybe know more than you signed up to know. But yeah. she asked, and I'm going to answer, y'all. Here's the truth: <laughs> I have in my mind. On the left is the list of things that if my kids are present, <laughs> and on uh-huh. the right yep. is the list if my kids aren't present, okay? Because that's just I'm here who for I am, that. you guys. It's who I am. I discovered Notorious B.I.G. in the 90s, and I haven't been able to give Whoa. up the stuff, okay? Okay. Come on. So, so good. on the left, you have kids in the room. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of Kirk Franklin. You've yeah. got a lot of Kirk Franklin. <laughs> You got a lot of Israel New Breed, the old stuff, not uh-huh. the newer the old stuff. stuff. I mean, the yeah. old stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had stuff. I had some Kirk Franklin that was like 1992 playing today. And I was just, it, I was before the throne of God. It was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Hill. My kids know every Lauren oh. Hill song that is on Amazon Music, and they know all the words. They know they know all of it. Mm-hmm. Even even that when she did the MTV Unplugged, that is all that is on Amazon Music because that's one of so my good. favorite albums of all time. It's, the most powerful thing ever. Yeah. Have you seen like her live? Oh, of course. Have you seen? Oh, yes. Yes. Life changing. It was beautiful. Wait, I have to tell a quick story, a Lauren Hill story, and then I want to hear about everything that you're about to say on the left and the right. But I went to right, a concert right. when I was um, had a newborn. I went with my husband and two other friends, and I was breastfeeding, and it was an outdoor venue. And there were openers, obviously, with reggae because it's Lauryn Hill. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think you guys understand the level of weed that was being smoked at this place. (laughs) And so I spent the entire concert going back and forth between singing Lauryn Hill at the top of my lungs and turning around to everyone around me and asking them to please put out their joints because I did not want to contaminate my baby's milk. So I was no one's favorite at this concert is what you need to know. My friends and my husband were very embarrassed of me and everyone around us was super angry that I was not having their joint smoking. <laughs> you know what? I need to know that I would have backed you need to know I would have backed you up. I know you I would have been have. looking them at the eye like, come on, you yes. can be better than this. Exactly. You can be better than this. Yes. You would have been the only one, but I appreciate that about you. <laughs> okay, let's go down this rabbit hole just a little further because I <laughs> 
<laughs> I went to an outdoor venue for those who live in Washington State, Chateau Saint Michel. They do beautiful concerts um, in a in this beautiful, like my goodness, this the grounds of this winery is the most beautiful thing. It's you feel like you're in like the French countryside. I love it. Oh. And um, yeah, the wine country in Washington State, not it does not disappoint. But anyway. I was seeing John Legend. So excited. Yes. So fun. It was so good. That's also in the left column. My kids can be in the room during the John Legend. 100%. And uh, and the, I, you know, my little innocent eyes couldn't take the, the couple in front of me dancing. It was so handsy, Ashley. It was handsy and they were, <laughs> they were drunk and it was just too much. And mm, I'm just trying to focus on John. Too much. And I actually was really mm-hmm. close to the front, but this couple, they mm-hmm. kind of ruined it. I kind of, I, I was like, and I remember looking at this guy. I was there with just a friend, but I looked at this couple next to me who was about my age, you know, early 30s, and they were looking at me like, we're not old enough to see this. Right? We're not old enough. We can't do it. We're not built for this. I don't have it in me. This is not a rating that is appropriate for my eyes. And I'm like, just look at John. Just look at, look at John. And he had this whole beautiful monologue on our role now learning from the civil rights movement because he sang he, he sang the song that he wrote mm. for Selma. Oh my gosh, it was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, also, if y'all want another good soundtrack that's kid-friendly and just, oh, you just feel some things, John Legend and the Roots. They did a compilation yes. album and it's yep. just beautiful. Yes. Okay, in the right column, Ashley, I we hear. have a whole lot of Chance the Rapper because yes. she is my favorite. Haven't seen yep. him live yet, but someday people... Chance the Rapper, a little bit of Lizzo here and there, not too much, don't worry. And what else is over there that's not kid-friendly? Man, I'm just such a, on a, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm on a Chance the Rapper spree. Like, I just don't have that's anything great. else I want to listen to. Oh, 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 I the Black Panther it. soundtrack and a little bit of uh, Kendrick. Bam. Lamar. Yeah. Come on, Tiff. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love your whole vibe. So, so um. Bad. I'm I'm like Tiffany. I have like a a holy list that I enjoy, and right now it has a lot of Maverick City. There they released their new volume three. I love Maverick City because who it's they this, tell the people who Maverick oh, City is. They're amazing. They're this group of people in Atlanta, and they decided to create music across cultural boundaries. So they invited Ooh. like a bunch of random. Well, they're not random. A lot of them you would probably know who they are, but they are you know worship leaders and musicians, and typically wouldn't be working together across all these different lines. Basically, their music is different. Their sound is different their style is different and they gather all these folks in a room and they create worship songs and i have loved all of them but there's this song um on the album called promises and it's joe barnes and naomi rain and she's one of my favorite worshipers but i have loved it it's been like the song of the season for me and i he has this one line that he sings in the pre-chorus where he says let my heart learn that when you speak a word it will come to pass and (gasps) it is just the most powerful song so i've been stuck on that one in fact my kids can sing all of those too because i've been playing them so much and then i have this other list that i that i break out on a regular and probably everyone in my house is also sick of it and it's it's just a mix i called it launch party because i actually created it for my book launch it's a very good mix dear friend it's very such a good mix yes my dear friend um, selena lockett helped me and she's amazing and it has everything from motown to like you know, Soul Sister, Bailel, and it has Childish Gambino, and just oh, Shaka yes. Khan. I mean, Anthony Hamilton, Nappy Roots. Like, it is just a good list. And then throwing in a whole bunch of random, like, Mark Broussard and Robert Glasper. So, listen, 
I'm here for this list. And mm. it makes my heart so happy. And when I'm like, I can't take nothing else, I put it on. <laughs> Look at your highly curated list. I named artists. It is. I worked you, hard You came on that. to the game with a list. I did. Ain't nobody I else came. came to the game with a list. My goodness. That's right. Also, um, one thing that really has been a blessing, and I sent this to Ashley uh, yesterday, day before, but a lot of uh, worshipers around the UK, Ireland, Scotland, oh, Wales, gosh. England, they each recorded um, a little chunk of The Blessing, the song by Carrie Job, yeah. and they strung it all together, and it has already over a million views on YouTube. I highly recommend you look for it. If you look, go on YouTube, it's the UK Blessing. I'm going to put that in the show notes, Yes, and it will it will bless you. I've been playing it on repeat. It is just life-giving, so life-giving to see so many it people is. across church lines. You know, you've got... Anglican and evangelical and everything in between and Salvation Army and Catholics for Jesus. They gospel all came choirs. together. Yeah, yeah, gospel choirs came mm-hmm. together to just have this prayer for their beloved kingdom. So really yeah. beautiful. It's so powerful, and it kind of touches on the topic that we want to talk about today because I think I've been so inspired by things that are collaborative and just going, you know what, it's a really difficult time. And in many ways, all of us are suffering in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And to see people go, I'm going to cross over all my usual boundaries. I'm going to leave the territory I'm normally a part of. I'm going to set down my camp denomination, my um, affiliations, my labels, my usual spaces and places. And I'm going to cross these lines so that we can show people now we're in this thing together. And that has been so attractive to me. And in fact, it has been over the last couple of years in general, just because I have so deeply craved something besides the polarizing news narratives and the social media sort of like, this is these are my people and it's us against them. And I just don't like those vibes. And so I really, I also enjoyed that, Tiffany, when you sent it to me because of that. I was like, look at this, everyone just gathering together and going, this is so much bigger than our little thing that we built. And let's speak to the people with a song. I just, gosh, and won't a song carry you through? Won't it? Mm, I mean, won't a song carry you through? A whole lot of pain, a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of suffering. A song will really get you through some things and will really put hope in you in a way that nothing else can. I am convinced of that (laughs) for real. And it can be Shaka Khan for you. It can be worship (laughs) music for you. It can be Kendrick Lamar for you. I don't know what it is, but music will get you through. Come on. That's good stuff, girl. It's good stuff. Isn't it interesting that a melody... Something that has feet yes. and bones and breath to it can really do something within us. Yes. You know, there, there's a reason that, that there's such an effort to keep music in, in schools because music has all of yep. these benefits. Sorry, I know this is not anything what we're talking about, but because you went on that train, I'm like, yes, you know what, no. let's do this. Yes. Music yes. changes us. And so it is just such a beautiful balm in this time it to is. allow yourself to be ministered to by music. But anyway, carry on. It 100% is. And I'm glad that you said that. I mean, I can think as a child, like music saving my life, being those safe spaces and those classes and choirs and um, praise praise teams and like all these things have really just like worked. And I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for them. But yeah, today we wanted to talk about on the Why Though podcast, we got, we reached out to you guys and asked, what are the kinds of things that you want to hear about? And we loved this one response that we got, which was basically, how do we not feel bad about having joy when people around us are suffering? And I love that perspective because we don't often talk about that enough. And we, I also was able to 
read this really great thread from a woman that Tiffany and I respect. Her name is Hillary McBride. She's been a leader on the Liturgist podcast, if any of you guys have ever listened to that. And she talks a lot about body image and she's just rooted in her um, psychology. And she talked about, she did like a little thread on Twitter of all places. (laughs) And she's a licensed therapist. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And she did a thread on comparative suffering. And she basically is talking about how in this time we've all been struggling with how to make space for our pain and for other Mm. people's pain based on their relative degree of awfulness. Those are her words. And then she says, Mm. we've been told that comparative suffering does not get us anywhere, so we should stop. And then she says, what happens when we try to stop comparative suffering without understanding it is that we miss out on the deeper need it is revealing to us. Whether we say about our suffering it is worse or not as bad as others takes us outside of the common human experience. This has purpose, she says, to diminish our suffering. They have it worse, helps us feel like what we are going through is tolerable. Gosh, you guys, mm, isn't that powerful? Tolerable. And then so she good. goes on to say, yes, if someone else can go through that, we can get through this. It is often a feature we carry into adulthood when our pain as children was devalued. And then here's what she says in the final words. Placing pain higher on the hierarchy of suffering often makes us feel like our suffering is valid, legitimate, indeed hard. As if we may then receive recognition and the seeing and feeling of our pain. This can often signal our longing for empathy or our inability to take it in. Understanding how we compare and rank our pain can help us see what we really need, where we really hurt, and what we are longing for, especially when we don't have it now or didn't have it back then. Then we can see and make room for our pain, but how we have tried to manage it also. All pain longs to be acknowledged. Then we move through it and don't need defenses to get away from it. Being with pain without ranking it means we can be with others in their pain and then we don't have to make others pain go away to stop us from feeling our unprocessed hurts oh how powerful is that on a twitter powerful i know this could be a whole book and i hope she writes it (laughs) well we're gonna make it our podcast today (laughs) yes hillary this one's for you um i think the thing so that's my smoke alarm, people, for in case you're wondering. <laughs> I actually thought it was mine. I was about to be like, what is happening in my house? <laughs> uh, I, I, I smelled something about 15 seconds ago, and I'm like, oh, just wait, just wait, just wait. Okay. We are recording this, y'all, on Cinco de Mayo, so my husband is attempting to make some pork tacos, and I think um, the, the, the pork might have been broiled just a, a minute too long. Anyway, I think the thing that really stuck out to me in all of that was that comparative suffering actually invites a communal way of life. Come on. It invites us to consider the other. It isn't the comparative Olympics, right? It's comparative suffering. It helps us realize the reality. It kind of really, I feel like it honestly, it it gives us roots to our situation and we can see it with open eyes of... People are experiencing heaviness all around us. And yes. at the same time, we're experiencing something. And I, I mean, for me, and and now that you have explained the research to back it up, I feel like I can say this out loud. What I'm thinking in my head is that sometimes it has built gratitude and compassion. Mm, when I think of my beautiful. situation and then when I think of another, it's like, yeah. you know, I don't need to be whining about that. This is obviously hard for me, but in, in light of what the rest of the world is seeing, this builds humility 
to my own situation. It builds gratitude. And it also builds compassion for those who are going through something maybe not as difficult. And of course, something much more difficult. So I think that this idea Mm -hmm. of finding your place and a, a few um, a few years ago, I was at a speaking engagement with Hillary, and she talked about when she was younger. Look at her, no big deal, just no big deal, <laughs> no big deal. So <laughs> she talked about when she was younger, um, how when she would cry, her mother would leave the room, and she's like, mm. "It taught me that you can't handle the level of my pain." And she processed that in wow. as, as an adult, and it was just so beautiful how she was able to even pinpoint the effect that had on her, and how. Uh, that rewired the way she reacted so her mother would stay in the room, right? So she wouldn't experience her own emotions and feelings, and it was just so powerful. So I remember thinking, man, it is so, so vital for us to be able to identify, pinpoint, and really dive deep into the pain we feel because of course we yes. want to put a band-aid on it of course we want to not feel and um i'm i'm a type three optimistic achiever hmm. i'm like nope everything's great <laughs> i had a rough week last week and i told ashley i'm like well, i'm just not used to dealing with the heaviness i just keep <laughs> trying to find the silver lining versus being like no this is so hard and here's why but right. still in light of this comparative suffering lord give me continued compassion for others as i still hold the heaviness of my own situation. Yeah, gosh, Tiffany, I love how you phrased all of that. And I I love this idea of communal suffering. And I think that it's a real opportunity for us during this quarantine to really know what that means and to experience it in a beautiful way. And I love that you talked about us cultivating gratitude and, and compassion. Is that what you said? Or did you say gratitude and empathy? Gratitude and compassion. Yeah, gosh. I mean, that that just stuck stuck out to me so beautifully. And I think that really does sum it up. I mean, and when you think about the gravity of your own situation and you um, rank it, as Hillary used those words, in with other people, you can see like, gosh, I have so much to be grateful for. I have mm-hmm. so much to thank God for. I am like, even right now, I'm thinking, I am so thankful for my health. I am so thankful that I'm not sick. I'm so thankful that no one in my family is sick. I'm so thankful God's protected my mom in the ER, that she's not sick. And I just like, can go through. I'm thankful I have a family that I love. I'm thankful I'm not in a violent situation that I'd be afraid to be in my home quarantined all the time. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Like I have so many. And then the compassion piece of it, where you realize as you're grateful for those things, that there are so many people who are suffering and begin to pray for them and cultivate a love for people, even if you can't be with them, even if you can't see them, but to understand people are in more difficult situations and are having a really hard time. And then this also really helps me personally say what I need. I mean, we have just, you know, gone across the country and, you know, we were here two weeks and then in Los Angeles and then two weeks later, the quarantine hits and we're in a tiny apartment that we got specifically for the amenities for a temporary time and we can't use any of them. So I have two rooms that I can go to. I have no other outlets. I can't drive somewhere and sit at a coffee shop and enjoy my life. Like that's not happening. So I have no other places to go. And it reminds me that it's okay to be like, gosh, this is really hard for us. It's hard for us to have a two-year-old and a five-year-old in this tiny apartment. And it's hard to be here in this place where we don't have anywhere else to go. It's hard for me that my um, career and work was so deeply impacted by this quarantine. And I can acknowledge those things and then think to myself, Ashley, what do you need? Um, And it helps me to be able to voice that because I think along the communal suffering lines, if you're listening to people in your world who constantly, maybe they're complaining about things where you're like, seriously, are you serious? You have two incomes right now. You have help. You have... um, 
um, a yard. <laughs> you have this and that. Really, seriously. But if we never speak up and say what we need, and I don't mean in a way that shames the person who might have more right. than us, but in a right. way that's just like, gosh, I, I so see that this is so hard for all of us, <laughs> you know, and here's what I need. Here's what I'm struggling with. Then it helps us to see one another and you cultivate gratitude in the other person as you do that. <laughs> and then they also cultivate compassion in you as you understand, gosh, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much space you have. Like this thing is just hard for all of us. Yeah. So I just, I'm really blessed by thinking about um, and having to be courageous enough during this time to say, here's what I need and here's how I'm hurting. And I think that that is really hard for us. And it's so much easier to complain or to shame another person or to blame them or to think about, well, gosh, everybody else just has it so great. And, you know, we could go down this whole train that actually isn't mm -hmm. building our life and isn't going to mm -hmm. help us meet our needs. Or we could just be honest about here's the pain I'm feeling and here's yeah. what I need. And here's how I feel compassion for others. So beautiful. And I love that you said as we build that compassion, that does move us to act. If we have mm -hmm. the means, time, attention, whatever we can offer, yes. we, we don't think like, oh gosh, they just have it so bad. You know, don't hear, listen or don't hear us. That's definitely not what we're saying. No. We're saying like, oh man, I love how Ashley said that. That leads me to pray. That leads yes. me to act. That leads yes. me to donate if I can. Yeah. In whatever capacity we can, we, we, we live out the human experience and we connect even though we're alone in yes. whatever way we humanly can and i think i think it makes us feel human to feel our pain it makes us feel human to reach out Gosh, those totally. are both yes. so primal to our being uh, yes it's just completely necessary absolutely and going back to uh, that original question of saying how do i suffer with those who suffer but how do i still celebrate and and enjoy maybe some of the things that are happening in my life i think one yeah. of the ways is we don't lord our this isn't the time to be like blasting from the <laughs> from the rooftops everything going right but yeah, i do think sure. it's a time for some private gratitude but also gratitude with those closest to you come on and yeah. i think i think there's gratitude um and if you have been blessed may you be a blessing right if there has been some some fruit in your life what a beautiful opportunity to yes. distribute it if 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 the lord leads you or where he leads you or how he leads you I think that that can really be a game changer that your yeah. blessing what's happening in your life that might not be happening in others could really be um, a conduit a vessel for others to receive and then i think yes. at the same time it's okay i think I think it's still always going to get us till our dying day to hold grief and glory in the same hand. Don't you think, Ashley? I don't yes, think it's ever going to be a natural thing for us to do. Yeah, We either want to feel pain I or we want right. to feel happiness. But the idea <laughs> yes. of holding those and that tension, I don't. Yes. I think we're like, oh, this is a weird tension. I don't want it. But perhaps that tension is just part of the, part of the plan. Yeah. I don't think it's something that's ever going to change. I think that tension is to be managed, not to be avoided. solved. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's so beautiful. And I think to your point, Tiffany, um, as you're responding to um, the gal who asked us this question, I think that it's really beautiful to be able to offer the good news that's happening in your life too. And sometimes we withhold it, but the truth is we need it. Like that's why John Krasinski's, his little, yes. you know, some good news thing has exploded yes, because we want that. We want to hear that even during a global pandemic, that God is still doing good things, that humanity mm -hmm. is still good, that neighbors are still being neighbors, that when you hear that somebody needs diapers, you, you respond and you go get them. Or you think about when you're at the grocery store, 
is there someone I know who maybe I could pick up some mac and cheese or I could grab these chips that are their favorite thing or I could drop off some yeah. chocolate or like Tiffany has been Venmoing people for, you know, a <laughs> coffee if she can't like actually take one to their house. Like, can I drop off something to somebody? And so I think that is so really powerful. Like good news is still good news. Did you get a yeah. book deal during this time? Good. Yes. Are you, is your business taking off because you just found some freaking secret sauce and laid it on us. Yes, we want to know about that, you know? And so I think there's yeah. a way to do it that just brings honor to us and reminds us like, hey, good things are still possible at all mm-hmm. times and in all seasons of life. And we're always sowing, we're also reaping, <laughs> you know, that is just the nature of life. And so I really, really loved that. And in Romans 12, you guys have heard this a billion times. Um, if you have been a believer for a minute where it just says rejoice with those who rejoice yeah. and weep with those who weep. And I love what follows it. It says live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly and never be wise in your own sight. So how beautiful. Mm. There's something I think about wanting to live in harmony with others and not being prideful and being humble that allows us space in our life to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep without humility and without a real desire for this beloved community of planet Earth. (laughs) Then it's difficult to do that and it's difficult to step out of our self to really experience what it means to be like, yes, I'm still rejoicing about these good things that are happening in my life and my heart is still broken for the hard things in your life. And I think there's real power and humility in doing that with one another. I recently sent Ashley a just a quick snapshot of an article I was reading in a doctor's office, and it basically boiled down to what does it look like to lead in a pandemic? And two of the points said, people need the honest truth and they need hope. That's what mm. all Woo. of us want right now. We need the honest truth Come on. and we need hope. And I think that as we share our wins or the good things, like it is beautiful. It is beautiful. And and if people are hating on you when you share that good news, I just, I pray that you would know that what you have is good and ain't nobody going to take that from you. Come ain't on. going to take that from you with their comments. And don't post it on Twitter. I mean, that's just from me to you. But don't post it. <laughs> No, because they will shred you. Twitter is a mean place. (laughs) And if you know who we should be following on Twitter who's kind and is filling us with hope, please let us know. We we enjoy the Twitter medium, but I would really love some more helpful content. (laughs) True story. For real, though, you guys, please send it to us. Anyway. Um, But this idea, I think, I know I wake up and I am so hungry for hope and encouragement. I'll take it from wherever I can find it. I, right. A cute little story about what my kids are learning in school. I'm like, yep, that's encouraging. <laughs> or, yes. Or, you yes. know, even I get the notifications from the Bible app. They'll just randomly send you stuff throughout the day. I'm like, yep, loved it. Bring it more. I need more. I need more. Let's yeah. fill the tank. Because we're leaking at a rate that we don't normally. Right. We're leaking vision Good. and hope and encouragement and peace of mind like mm-hmm. we've never before. True. And I think that as that just drains us emotionally, relationally, financially, all the lees mm-hmm. that we must, we must, um, we must enjoy and savor that gratitude, and uh, again allow us to move us to compassion. So, gosh, that's I the truth, love y'all. That. I heard love it here, it. and I think that's something you're so good at, Tiffany. Like, it's something I really admire in you. I am not a type three. I'm type eight all the way, grounded in reality. Usually, the downside of it. <laughs> 
And <laughs> I think that um, for me, I forget to look for hope around every corner. And I feel like you are like when I picture you, I could just see like you're hunting under rugs and looking under couches and like it's just who you are. You so naturally attract hope like you're like a magnet for it. And I think it's a really powerful thing that we need in this world. And so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being that way. Like mm. <laughs> that what you just shared encouraged my heart so deeply. <laughs> I think and you know, I think part of it's personality. But when you're dealt sure. a bad hand in life, right. you start looking for better cards. You start Come looking on. for a new way to live. Yeah. And I pray for all of us, no matter what we've gone through, that we would, however it comes, we would hold the hard stuff, mm-hmm. hold the good stuff, and know that this is life. This is our life. We get yes. one of these, y'all. Come on. Well, we love you, and we are rooting for you. Keep sending us your ideas. Y'all came Please. through with these ideas. Yes, so keep sending them. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.